Al Berry. Dude, I literally watched hockey for like 11 hours straight. It was awesome. And Tim Parrish. Brett Burns' beard needs to have an award named after him. Yeah, Brett Burns Beard Award. I think they should go to somebody. We're going into ridiculousness over here. Going off the rails. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Puck Junk Podcast. Sal Barry along with Tim Parrish. Uh, today we're going to talk, uh, of course, about Don Cherry because everybody's talking about Don Cherry. Uh, but first we're going to talk about some of the more fun, upbeat stuff like what came out in hockey cards this week and, uh, you know, what's going on with that. Tim, how are you? I am wonderful. Not sad that Don is uh, no longer on Hockey Night in Canada? Sad? Um, no, I wouldn't say sad. But... I have I have other opinions. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get to those. I think we just want to get, you know, want to talk about some hockey card <laughs> stuff first. So let's do uh, Coming out this week, uh, the 2019-20 Upper Deck MVP Hockey Retail Edition Complete Set, 250 cards, selling for $29.99 or around there. Can probably find it a little cheaper. We'll talk more about that. Uh, I'm going to actually pick up the factory set and we can compare how the borders are different than the cards that we got in the packs a couple weeks ago. Um, also coming out are the 2019, 20 tops hockey stickers. They're going to retail for about a dollar a pack or 40 or $50, uh, 40 to $50 for a box of um, 50 packs. Yeah. I guess about $40 is what they're selling for. So a little cheaper than a dollar a pack. And those are five stickers per pack. There's 629 in the set. Good luck with that. I'm going to be putting that one together. Are those rolling retail and hobby, but uh, as a retail product? The Tops hockey stickers? Yeah. I imagine they'll be in retail because Tops is big and they could be anywhere they want to be. They could be at your pharmacist. They could be at 7-Eleven. They could be at any, any place that's going to sell hockey cards. I imagine they're going to have the Tops hockey stickers. I, mean, I just wasn't sure if they were going to sell to uh, or sell to distributors to then give to brick and mortar hobby shops or not, or if it was going to be straight. Um, um, straight I don't know. Retail. I mean, I, I know the online retailers are selling them, and I know like uh, like was it 10-11 season or 11? What, what season? Uh, it was a season that Puck Attacks came out. Um, I mean, those are also. I know. Why do you always bring that up? I don't know. <laughs> How to piss Tim off? Bring up Puck Attacks. Puck or Attacks. Bring up or the Glow Puck. Yeah. Oh, the Glow Puck. I, I'd rather talk about the Glow Puck than Puck Attacks. Yeah. Well, at least want, the glow puck. that's what I want. That's just what I wanted to buy a pack of coasters. Uh, well, they're a little too small to be coasters, unfortunately could use them for like a bottle of water or something yeah i i guess um but you'd have to really just center it on there just perfectly uh makes yeah. it makes it kind of difficult but uh so anyways uh, the tops hockey stickers and then uh 2019 20 um leaf in the game used that's going to retail for about 140 dollars for a box containing what they're calling five premium hits we'll talk more about these later um because we want to focus on other things right now um but these are all coming out and we'll talk about them as as we get them um out this week tops now week six uh so the checklist so far tony d'angelo uh, a st louis blues team card a colorado avalanche team card victor hedman 
uh, Kale McCarr, David Perron, Connor McDavid, uh, and then cards eight and nine are to be determined. And then there is a chase card because this is another, this is week six. So every three weeks they're going to do a chase. Sorry, chase. They even called it a chase card on their website. Whoops, because I copied and pasted that chase sticker of Connor McDavid in the 6061 tops design. That'll be one in every three packs. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, weeks, uh, the week after week three took a dip. Week four, the print run was 770 packs. Week five, the print run is 719 packs. So we can see that the people who are buying into the Tops Now stickers are dwindling because the first week, 1,400, I think it was 1,440. Oh, speaking of which, I finally got my sticker album in week one pack. Holy cow. Yep, got it yesterday. Got it on uh, Monday. So um, I haven't opened it yet. Oh. <laughs> You know, I didn't have a chance. Monday's my busy So day. much for that excitement. Well, you know, I opened it and I'm like, I, I opened the envelope and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, I'll have to look at this later because Monday's my busy day. And then like between Monday and Tuesday, I was expecting to get like the week, the week two and week three and week four stickers because like last week after we recorded um, our show, I got like four emails like saying, your shipment has, you know, your stickers have shipped. Your 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 order has shipped. Your order has shipped. So I got like, um, you know, I got like, I've ordered five weeks now, and I got like four emails. So I was kind of expecting everything would be here by now, and it hasn't happened yet. So, um, yeah. So I will talk more about that when I actually have a chance to look at the stickers. Um, but right. uh, yeah, Fair she enough. Interesting to see if uh, week six it rebounds a little bit. Uh, and Chase then, card it probably will if it follows suit with the historical week to week so far. Right. And and then upper deck game dated moments uh, for week five. Uh, card number 14 is Alex Ovechkin's 669th career NHL goal. And card number 15 is Adam Boquist scoring his first NHL goal. So uh, one Capitals, one Blackhawks, you know, one guy who scored many, many, many goals and one guy scoring his first goal. Kind of a, a neat little opposites there. Only two this week from Upper Deck Game Dated Moments. And maybe it's because they had other things going on, namely their Singles Day promotion. I was going to say they've been busy with a bunch of things. So um, I, I know that <coughs> both of us... Um, entered in codes for singles day you were able to put together a set i was able to put together a set i put together an extra set so i had two sets um i was at my computer before noon i talked to my girlfriend into you know hey can you set up a comc account now you're going to enter these codes uh, i mean we were we were smart about this we typed our codes out ahead of time so instead of looking at the card looking at the field looking at the card looking at the field just able to copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. Um, and I got to tell you, man, I, I had like this rush. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I was like, it was it was, it was like it was almost like getting concert tickets, like um, or, or, or anything like trying to get like playoff tickets or, or something where like, you know, it, it's like you're trying to do it as quick as possible and you're trying not to make mistakes. And I'll tell you, I got through the first six cards and the seventh card. It said this code is not valid, and I'm like, what? And then I tried it again, 
and it said, this code is not valid. So I said, okay, screw it. And I just kept going. And then I went back and then I tried it. And it something something happened where I, I either the page refreshed. First, it said it wasn't valid. Then it said it had already been used. And then I reloaded the page and then it showed up as working. So I don't Weird. know. I, I, I Did that happen to you too? No, not at no. all. Really? I had zero problems, zero issues. I blew right through it in probably less than two minutes because I had the same thing. I, I had a list Yep. and just went down the list, copy and paste. Yep. That was the quickest way to do it. And every one of them worked fine. The site didn't lag. The site didn't crash. It refreshed itself as quickly as I could put everything in. I was amazed. So when Chris said that they did some testing on it, he they did some good testing because it worked well. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of hiccups here because we were doing this like literally at 12 o'clock. Like, yeah. like I saw my computer clock go 11.59, 59 seconds, 12 o'clock. I reloaded the page. It showed up as one of the bounties. I clicked on it. Shelly clicked on it. She was at her computer. We're, we start copying and pasting codes. And then she, like, calls over to me, and she's like, the one for Wayne Gretzky isn't working. And I'm like, what? And then so then I have to shuffle through the stack of cards. And then I'm like, okay, try this code. Maybe I, maybe I typoed it when I typed it out for her. Um the one mistake I made, though, is that we told them to transfer the cards to COMC. Um, I now realize that Upper Deck would mail them to you for free. So uh, she doesn't really have a COMC account. I'm like, she does. And I guess it, it doesn't really matter because even if you pay like five, six bucks to get the, the set shipped to you and nothing else, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, because it's still pretty sweet to get a, a, a parallel set. I mean, some of these are players that I... I collect but i mean i think overall though what's interesting is that this was a, a promotion in like november it was promoted but not as heavily promoted as hockey card day and obviously i want them to do it again anytime there's more cards that you can get that are unique i i kind of like that stuff i mean last year i got i was really big into like those arena giveaways and i tried to pick them all up didn't but you know got close um, or like, you know, the one-off gritty cards or stuff like that. I mean, I'm I'm always looking for stuff like that. So I, I kind of like things like this. I don't know if like collectors have hit their saturation point or if they just don't care or if it's too early in the season or if it's just a Sunday and nobody really cares. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily apathy because, I mean. The sets were gone in 20 two, minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes, minutes. 20, 20, 25 minutes. I think I, counted, a, I think I counted it was like 22 minutes, and it, my, mine was showing up as zero left. Right. So, I mean, at least the first 135 or however many there were were gone within 20 minutes. Now, obviously, they've left the thing open until Friday for people to redeem um, so that they can still get entered into the drawing for the autograph cards. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people are actually in the drawing once that comes out. I don't know if they'll actually release that or not, but um... probably not. Because <clears throat> if it's a pretty low number, then it'll show, you know, lack of interest. Oh by, yeah, then then uh, you will see there was apathy. The 135 got what they wanted, and everybody else disappeared. But um, 
I think one of the points that you made in the interview with Chris Carlin last week was that, uh, you know, you see a lot of these promotions that not just upper deck, but other, other card companies do where they give away free, free packs or, you know, purchase necessary type packs Mm -hmm. to hobby dealers across the country and promotions over it's a month later down the road and here's the hobby shop and still has a giant pile of these and you know you're the regular customer you walk in and they're like oh hey sal here's five packs of this right you're like well i've already made 12 sets so i guess i'll start <laughs> on a 13th so it's it's kind of like the, the stuff will stick around if it's been if it's been made in that higher quantity so i think having the ability to cash in on something that's low numbered or serial numbered uh was 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 pretty good um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm just glad. I'm glad everything worked, honestly. Yeah. Because I was, I was a little skeptical with the whole Panini thing and the fact that they sold out in 3.2 seconds of, you know, their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the site crashed and didn't give any indication of what was going on. Um, you know, at least with this whole process. You know, prior to the prior to it going live it wasn't even available on the bounty program page. So there was no indication that it was even a thing. Right. Um, when that link popped up, there was only maybe a minute or two before, um, before the codes actually were working. So um, that, I think that was kind of cool because it didn't give people the opportunity to go into the page early enough to flood it to the point where it just, didn't want to work anymore right you know it's funny my old job i worked as a web developer web designer and we set up this online membership club and uh what was what was funny about that it was it was for these toy cars that we made they were like collectible toy cars and we were phasing out the print newsletter and we were doing a email or an email newsletter and a a website that was going to have like exclusive content and what was funny was like I'm putting the fu- finishing touches on the site and like the programmers like making sure everything's working and we're doing testing and then like somebody like looks at something and says wait why do we have 40 members already registered and we're like what and we start looking and it turns out that like somebody knew like the URL to like one of the development sites and that should have been locked down and not like public, but somehow it, it got out. And like, so people Yikes. were finding a back door to register for the, for the site that we hadn't officially unveiled yet. So we're, we're, it was just kind of like, wait, that shouldn't be that, you know, like these fanboys, and I'm one of them, not for diecast cars, but we're signing up to get information about these collectible cars and we didn't even have the site launched. And that was kind of like funny. Like how, how, how does it even happen? And yet there's a will, there's a way. Right. But yeah, right. nobody, nobody, I mean, we, uh, Shelly and I were both able to redeem our sets and, you know, and it was within like two minutes, you know, we, we did our thing and, and it was good and it didn't crash and everything worked the way it was. So that's awesome when it works the way it's supposed to and like i don't think that anybody like 
was able to cheat and figure out how to spoof anything. Um, but technology's um, great when it works. It is, and and it worked. It worked well. So, um, you want to talk to us about some uh, eBay stuff? Sure. In my um, what seems to be becoming a regular, okay, regularly occasional segment. <laughs> um, so we've kind of looked at um, from show to show some hockey cards that have sold um, fairly pricey ones. Um, and I've got a few to, to add to that list. You know, this, this week, a lot of the same things pop up a lot of the same usual suspects. You see a lot of the Connor McDavid rookies, uh, especially nowadays, you see a lot of the Wayne Gretzky rookies being sold. Um, two of the top, um, cards this week were both Connor McDavid cup RPAs, uh, that were sold. Um, one, was a 9.5 another was a nine and the difference between the two was thirty thousand dollars one sold yeah one sold for twenty five thousand one sold for um about sixty thousand so you have quite a huge difference in the grading numbers now Um, how does a new car um, not get a 9.5 like something that, um, like you know, that card was like immediately put in a one touch or something. I'm sure it was. These were both BGS grades. Um, you know, I've pulled cards out of packs that you know weren't perfect, but nowadays with the printing quality, I think it's less and less frequent that you pull something out that's that egregiously miscut or off center um, or even damaged. I mean, yeah, you do get some ding corners here and there, and depending on the set, it may have a border that's sensitive to nicks and things like that. But right, these are the cup cards, so they're three inches thick and mostly white border. So right, it's hard. It's hard for that to happen on these. But you're right. Um, the fact that something doesn't get a a good grade out right out of a pack is kind of weird. But you know, in these cases, and, and again, take that with a grain of salt because. Um, I don't want to mention names of who sold these, but, um, you can imagine who sold these, <laughs> uh, it ends in one, two, three. I'll just say that on both of those. So kind of have to take that with a grain of salt, but there were some Gretzky rookies that sold in the top, probably in the top 10, but a couple of things I wanted to point out, uh, that were a little different. Uh, there was a Crosby cup rookie. It was the gold rainbow RPA from 0506. Um, so actually sold at auction for $7,300. It was a BGS 9.5. Um, I haven't seen that particular one sell for quite a while. So that was, that was interesting. There were about 44 bids on that particular, particular auction. 7,300? 7,300, yes. American wow. dollars. So Crosby's going for 7,300 and McDavid's going for 25,000. Um, in that case, yeah. Uh, but again, you know, this was an actual auction with multiple bidders, quite a few bidders. The other ones were, uh, one was an auction and one was a buy it now. Ah. So you never know if those actually get fulfilled, um, in the end, especially when they go for something that's that high. But, uh, 
Um, this week, a couple of the acetate cards actually popped up in the top top sellers. Um, the fifteen sixteen Carter McDavid Young Gun acetate card. Uh, PSA ten actually had a a ten grade. Um, I looked that up. There's only two on the population report. Um, so one of the two sold for about seven thousand. So that was that was pretty high. Um, Dry Cycle made the list this week um, for a ultimate collection rookie auto shield numbered one out of one. This card's interesting if you get a chance to look it up and look at completed auctions by um, eBay. It, the patch looks a little weird. And I don't know with all the things about patches being removed from cards and changed out and things like that lately. Um, that one kind of raised an eyebrow to me a little bit, but it wasn't graded. So it wasn't like a grading company took it knowingly knowing that it had been altered, but it sold for 6,500 in a best offer scenario. So wow, even still, so obviously somebody didn't think it was, um, too far, um, too far fetched that it would look like that. Um, <clears throat> just a couple others. Sorry. My throat's a little fuzzy. still sick. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm getting over it, but, um, a, this is the first time I've seen one of these in the top probably, I don't know, a couple hundred, I guess an in the game card, uh, from ah! between from eight, nine between the pipes. <laughs> actually sold uh for twenty two hundred dollars let me tell you what this was this was the between the pipes supersized pad um subset of Pelly Lindbergh it was the gold version now I don't remember if these were out of ten or if these were out of five um but these might have been out of five the gold versions um but twenty two hundred dollars so an in the game card selling for twenty two hundred was it um, graded uh, it was not it was actually the picture of it. It was in a um, magnetic holder, so that was kind of interesting. Um, well, but it, what's interesting about that is that I mean, Lindbergh was a good player for a very short time, died tragically, and there were not a lot of cards made during his career, and there true. probably not even been a lot of all of the Lindbergh cards that have come out have probably been within like the last five, ten years. I mean Oh sure. He's like got way 90s. more yeah. yeah, he's got way more in the game or leaf cards than uh, he does of like right. actual licensed sets of from tops or OPG. Right. So I mean a, a pad card of his is not gonna pop up as often as a Patrick Locke pad card. True. That's what I said. I've never seen I've never seen this before. Um so that's why I thought that was interesting. Wanted to mention that. Um, Panini also had a card in the top list too. Um, they had a Nathan McKinnon from 1314, the titanium position, the draft position card. Mm -hmm. These were one of ones. This was graded nine and a half or 9.5 sold for two grand. Um, so Nathan McKinnon making the list for the first time that I've actually been looking at this. Is it um, even worth grading a one of one? That's a very good question. Because it's a one of one, right? So it's no one's going to have exactly. a higher. No one's going to have a higher grade. Or of course, no one's going to have a lower grade. I think the only motivation to really have a one of one um, graded 
would be to actually get it put in a slab mm -hmm. um, so that it's locked down and there it is. I mean, obviously, you could have them do the authentication and say that it is a real card, but in today's day and age, you can't even trust that anymore, it seems like. Um, but a couple things I wanted to bring up that weren't actual eBay uh, auctions. Um, a couple weeks ago, Heritage Auction um, sold three three-and-a-half-by-five plain white index cards that were supposedly um, from the 1960s. Two of them signed by Terry Sawchuk, and one of them signed by Tim Horton. Um, all of them signed with ballpoint pen in blue ink. Um, these were pre-certified by PSA. Um, they have the PSA DNA authentication. Um, all of them were pre-certified, but basically three three index cards and this kind of harkened back to our conversation last week about in-person autographs and, you know, non-certified autographs, but heritage auctions sold these all three of them together, uh, for $1,020. Wow. Um, so here's three, essentially two autographs, two player autographs, very hard to get player autographs because obviously both of them have passed since passed. In fact, Terry Sawchuk's been, been gone since what did he, I think he died in 1970. Sounds right. So, I mean, these are very tough players to have autographs for. And even the most ardent autograph hounds probably don't have either one of these guys in their collections just because they're difficult. Um, so, do I do I trust those as being real? I don't know. I mean, yes, Heritage Auctions is considered reputable. I mean, they do many, many more things other than sports cards. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was a, it, it was kind of an interesting one just to see these plain white cards with a signature on them. And all I could think of was anybody could have signed that, you know. It's right. just any kind of thing. And they're but, certified, and then they might, sure. if they end up, if they end up in a uh, leaf in the game used set, well, then and you it, kind of take it as, oh, well, this is real because it's it's a leaf card, you know, it was leaf had had vetted it, you know, so it, it's kind of funny how, like, our perception would change if it's just a plain index card sold by Heritage with the PSA certification might have your still might have your doubts but if you saw that same index card but it was cut put into a card and you got it in a pack from say like leaf or like president's choice trading cards they don't do well they do packs and boxes now but um you might just look at it and go wow cool i got a cut autograph of tim horton well and that's one of the things that i was thinking of also is you know just looking at these all like all i kept going through my head is what card company would buy these and just murder these index cards? And the only thing that the only thing I could think of was, well, the only thing I could think of would, although they don't have a license at this point anymore, but Panini and, you know, cause a couple months ago um, they released those pictures of that, that Mickey Mantle where there were two pieces of cut autos by Mantle mm -hmm. from two separate autographs. And they pieced them together in a booklet. 
and they looked horrific. <laughs> but I mean, they took the Mickey from one autograph and they took the mantle from another autograph and they put them in both panels of the cards. So it totally clashed. It didn't look right. Yeah. It's a Mickey mantle autograph or is it, it's a Mickey autograph with a mantle autograph. It's kind of one of those things. So that's all I was thinking of. Cause I cringe at some of the cut autos. I, and I get it. You know, nobody's going to have a copy of the declaration of independence, but if you had John can John Hancock's autograph, from that cut and put into a little card it's much more manageable rather right. than rolling up a giant you know piece of parchment paper but uh were the while i was looking were those from two separate things <clears throat> like two separate signed items the the sawchucks and the horton no no, no. you said the mickey mantle was oh a, yeah uh, it was from two separate things it was clearly from two separate things different so pens like, used different size it, it was uh, all different. You have to, if you've if you've never seen it, you got to look it up. You got to look it up because yeah. it's 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 absolutely crazy. And as somebody that appreciates autographs and the art that's been lost of people signing their name, Mick is a great autograph. If you've ever seen Mickey Mantle's autograph, it's very nice. He's like the typical old school guy that signs his name, very legible, and it's very memorable. But to, for them to like do a, the hack job that they did, it was kind of crazy. But one last thing while I was looking at that the, yep. that heritage thing and viewing it, I kind of clicked on the what's for sale right now kind of thing. And um, for those uh, those big spenders that may be listeners, um, if you have any interest in a George Vezina rookie, um, that would be from the 1911 C55 set. Um, they have a SGC 96 grade. That's a mint. That's considered mint nine. Um, it's pretty much the highest graded one, uh, by that company. Um, so they're predicting that the, uh, value should be about $80,000 for that particular card. So current bid right now is at 21,000. So if you've got uh, some spare coin and want to own a pretty decent piece of history, there you go. So that'd be a cool card to own for sure. Uh, I, for, I, for one went to put my bid in but my computer laughed at me very loudly and I had to turn the sound down. So. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, like that. Exactly. Yeah, just hey, like that. that. That could be the, the sound every time you, you make a low ball offer. It'll just yeah. be me laughing. Yeah. It, it told me to move the decimal a couple more places and I couldn't do that. So you mean the comma? Uh, no, the decimal. Cause I put in 21 and just left it. So. Oh, I see. So, um, Don Cherry. Donald Cherry. We got to talk. We got to talk about. I have to talk about Don Cherry. I okay. mean, this is. Okay. The first thing I want to say for those who are listening is that <laughs> this is not a black and white issue. A lot of people are either saying, oh, this is stupid. Why are they mad at Don? Don said this thing and it was taken out of context and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're all hypersensitive. And then the other side is like, Don Cherry is a racist. Well, maybe they haven't said it in so many words, but, you know, he bigoted, hateful language. And maybe it was. I think that there's definitely uh, some merit in both of those arguments. But 
you know, nothing, that's the problem. It, nothing is either, has anything ever been really black and white since World War II? Like, when we could just say, those are the bad guys, those are the good guys. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is that it's not as cut and dry or as, as black and white. Um, so um, I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to play a clip of what Cherry said, just, just an excerpt of it, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, I was talking to a veteran. I said, I'm not going to run the poppy thing anymore because what's the sense? I live in Mississauga. Nobody wears, uh, uh, very few people wear uh, a poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto. Nobody wears a poppy. And I'm not going to wait. He says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now, you go to the small cities and, you know, you, you know those, the rows on rows, you people love, you, you, they come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the, uh, the biggest price. Okay, so that's what he said on November 9th when he was on, uh, on Coach's Corner, which turned out to be his last coach's corner. So, um, you know, just to, just to, just to not pick apart, but when I first heard him say that you people come here, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. Now, the first time I heard that, when, I, when he said you people, I didn't mean, I didn't think he was singling out immigrants like when i listened to it because earlier he was talking about people from the country people from the city so i wasn't sure if he was talking about like country folk are not likely to do this or city folk are not likely to do this because i'm not canadian so i don't really know like you know here we might say oh yeah that country bumpkin they're not they're not wise to our ways or oh that that hipster from the city they're too cool to to do this thing that is a good thing or whatever right like i I'm, I'm not a part of canadian culture as far as as that is concerned so that kind of just flew over my head and when he said you people i thought he just meant like oh you people like you know like point like just like every you know like complaining i didn't think he was singling out a group now later on i heard that downtown toronto has um a lot of minority populations so when he said downtown toronto and then he said, you people, then it, then it was, it seemed more like he was singling out um, an ethnic group. And um, like I said, it went over my head. I think it went over Ron McLean's head too, because everyone's like, oh, well, Ron McLean just said there, nodded and gave a thumbs up at the end, right? Well, I think that that flew over his head because I think if Ron had, and I like Ron McLean, um, I think that if he had caught that, he would have said to Don, well, wait, Don, what do you mean, you people? All you people, all you people, don't build high, right? And I think that, and that would have been the end of it, right? So I kind of wish he did chime in because I think that Cherry would have been able to just explain in the moment, you know, but maybe he didn't mean immigrants. I'm not inside the man's mind. So I, I can't say what he was thinking. I can't say what he wasn't thinking. I can't say what his intentions are. I mean, I know in the past he said a lot of bad things about the Russians. You know, like the Russian players coming in, you know, like the Swedish players coming in, taking the jobs of good old Canadian boys. Um, that seems to have subsided a bit. He seems to have embraced a lot of those players now. 
so what's your thought on this? I know you've been mulling this over for a while. <sighs> what he said is obviously not deniable. It's a soundbite. It's captured. It's out there forever. Right. Okay. You preface this when you started by saying that it became a derisive, a derisive, what's the word? Divisive. divisive. Sorry. Like dividing. Um, yes. It became a very divisive issue, as most things do nowadays, where you have two schools of thought. You have all the people that are ready to be Don Cherry haters, which in my opinion, probably most were already Don Cherry haters. And you have the people that are backing him up saying, Good for him. Way to speak your mind. It's all true. Okay. With that being said, two word two words derailed him. You people. And maybe not even just those two words. Maybe it was the four words. You people come here. And that's what triggered everybody and set everybody off on Don Cherry hates immigrants. Well, Don Cherry probably doesn't even have that much of an opinion of immigrants. What he has an opinion of is what he considers to be disrespect. And he has made a comment. Obviously, he didn't think about it beforehand because he's Don Cherry and he doesn't do that. That's not what Don Cherry does. His comment was geared, like you said... Towards everybody. He didn't say that. But I think that's what he meant. And that's what he should have said. And if he would have. And if Ron would have stepped in and been like. Well, what do you mean by that? And he would have said. Everybody should do it. Right. This would, Nobody would be talking about this. If he, if he was able to clarify whatever he said. And just be like. Look. Every Canadian should wear a poppy on Remembrance Day. People, I don't think people would care because guess what? Don Cherry's been on the air for 38 years. Don Cherry says crazy stuff. Always. He's controversial. He stirs the pot. That's what he's always done. That's his job. And that's what Sportsnet has paid him to do because it's been proven that every time Coach's Corner comes on, the ratings shoot through the roof because everybody wants to hear what this crazy old man is going to say next. I don't know about you. I don't know a lot of 85-year-olds, but those that I do don't care about who they offend or who gets upset by what they say. They just say what's on their mind because, number one, they're 85 years old. Okay, what do they have to lose and who are they trying to impress? Right. The first Don's done a couple interviews since then, not many, but a few. And the first one I think he did was actually early today. Um, <clears throat> he went on Canada Talks. Now, if you don't have Sirius XM, um, you probably aren't aware of this. Uh, and if you don't live in Canada or care about Canada, why would you turn on Canada Talks? 
I, I get it. But when I heard he was going to be on the show, I tuned in just to kind of hear what he had to say. And Jeff Samet, who hosts the show on there, knows him, knows him well, has known him for years, called him up and said, I want you to come on the show and basically explain yourself. And Don said, okay, fine. And number one question they asked him, do you regret what you did? And, you know, okay, you say something crazy, people get mad. Now's your chance to backpedal or do something else. You know what he said? What? No, he doesn't regret it. Right. The only thing he regrets is now he's off the air after 38 years because he really believes that he knows what he said. He knows it didn't come out the way he intended it to, but he got into such a heated kind of rant that he was on on this. Cause it really ticked him off. The fact that, you know, he goes to different places and he sees all this stuff. Look, Don Cherry, whether you like the guy or not, it doesn't change the fact that he has been and has been for years one of the biggest proponents in Canada of the military, soldiers, police, first responders, emergency workers, and veterans. More than probably anybody, celebrity or otherwise, in Canada. And, and the, the you people comment that he makes, you know, could be construed as anyone because it is everyone in his mind. And, you know, all of those people that what Remembrance Day is for, that he always supports and does charity work for and you know, as a proponent for, I mean, how many times if you watch hockey night in Canada and you, you watch the, you know, the conversations, he always brings up different things about, you know, the, the military groups and, and the soldiers and, you know, those boys over there and this and that. And how many times has he said you people, he says it all the time, go back and look at a lot of the past videos and I'm sure they're going to pop up like crazy now. Um, because he uses that as a, just a term in his normal vernacular. Yeah, he's you not, people seem He's not to the be, best orator when it comes to that kind of stuff. You people seems to be his way of just saying, you people who don't agree with me. Right, you know? and that's You that's people exactly who it. don't like fighting, right. you know, you people who are too cool to, to wear a poppy, or you people who right. are too, you know, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, that that is kind of his his, his go to language. Um, well, and to your point you made earlier about about people, you know, there's that the group of people taking it out of context, maybe, and things like that. He never said immigrant. However, the way he used the term, and like you said, you had to listen to it and think about it for a minute. And yeah, if you understand the demographics of the areas, the regional areas that he's talking about. And the fact that he added the come here part to the you people mm -hmm. that kind of sent you down that path. And he's never been one to basically change what he thinks or change the way he says something just to keep his job. I mean, obviously, um, you know, going back to my point before he's, I'm sure if anybody had a conversation with him and said anything that had to do with 
not supporting, you know, the military or the police or firefighters or, you know, vets or anything like that, I'm sure he would lay into you. I, well, I, I guarantee it. But this is on national nobody TV. Nobody says that. Nobody says I don't support the military. I don't support the police. I don't support the fire department. I mean, nobody, nobody says that. I mean, it's oh, a so, lot of people know, say that. And, a lot know, of people say it. Okay. Well, maybe not on the air, maybe not on hockey night in Canada. I don't know. But what I'm saying is like, when you talked about how people are going to hate Don Cherry, uh, regardless. Now, if you skip back a week, uh, they showed a play on coach's corner. So this would have been November uh, 2nd where um, a player, Scott Sabarin, got injured. Do you remember seeing that? Um, so, I mean, I saw, the, I saw the injury, but I didn't see their take so on it. So you saw the injury. So what happened was was that um, Scott Sabarin of the Senators, after he was, you know, he, he ran into David Backus, and the hit didn't go well for him. He was the one doing the hitting. And he like kind of bounced off of Bacchus and fell awkward and was unconscious. So Ron McLean says, you know, so Don Cherry is saying, oh, I know he's not really hurt because when he was on the stretcher, he did the thumbs up. Right. And then Ron McLean said, and he's been moving his extremities, which is good news. And Don Cherry starts laughing and is like, his what? And Ron's like, his extremities, you know, his arms and legs. And Don's like, oh, you. But basically, Don Cherry was laughing at the word extremities. This immediately got twisted into Don Cherry laughing that Scott Sabarin was injured, right? And so everybody's outraged because he's laughing about that. Now, I watched this, and I knew he wasn't laughing about the guy getting injured. He was right. laughing that Ron McClain used a word that... Yes. He used the word with more than one syllable, and he didn't get it. And it was typical, the endearing quality of Don Cherry, who has a very limited vocabulary and, right. and basically talks like that. Big words, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, that's so okay. The first, go on. The, so so that was that was back in November second. So then when November 9th, when it was like Don Cherry does this anti-immigrant rant, I'm like, oh, what are every, what is everybody angry about now? You know, and I was like looking at Twitter and people were discussing this and I'm like agreeing with some people because they're saying, no, I think what you're, t- you're taking what Don said and you're misconstruing it, you're, you're twisting it, you're, you're distorting it. And I'm thinking, yeah, just like a week ago and everybody was like, what hockey commentator would laugh at a player getting hurt? Have you ever seen that happen? Um, not that I'm aware of. Right. So, but, but it's like Don Cherry laughs. The topic is Scott Saverin's injury, and so everybody's thinking, oh, he's laughing at his injury, right? Because they just want to throw him under the bus so bad. So then I'm looking at this, and I'm like, all right, a week later, what are they mad at Don Cherry about now? Oh, he said, you people, oh, how offensive, right? And then I started looking into it. I started reading into it. Um, I started seeing how, like, you know, thinking about it and also seeing how, like, some of his colleagues at uh, CBC uh, that work on the Hockey Night in Canada uh, Punjabi broadcast and how they were hurt by it and how they were affected by it. And again, I am half Pakistani. I'm not Canadian. I did not grow up in Canada. I don't have that set of experiences, but I have faced discrimination. I have faced the 85-year-old man living next door, yelling at me, calling me terrible things like a half-breed and a monkey and other things that I'd rather not say, um, and they do hurt. Now, that is over-the-top, over 
racism that I faced, right? I could see how they would be hurt by, this is our coworker, and he said this, and he, he's, you know, that gave me some understanding, some frame of reference, like, okay, I see what you're saying. And you know what? That meant more to me than most of the people on Twitter, because I got to say, man, I mean, as you know, and as everybody knows, it, it's all outrage culture now. They're outraged because the coffee cup says Merry Christmas, or it doesn't say Merry Christmas. It has a holiday tree, or it, it has a Christmas tree, or it's not a Christmas tree, or what, you know what I mean? It's like, everybody just wants to be mad about something. And obviously it doesn't just affect Americans, because this is a issue from Canada, and we're all talking about it. So, right. you know, if he would have said it in French, would we care? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Who I don't knows? Know. I mean, that'd be interesting to hear Don Cherry speak French. I mean, um, look, in in the grand scheme of things, I have political viewpoints just like anybody else. I have social viewpoints. I have, you know, racial viewpoints. I have religious viewpoints. Whatever you want to say. I'm not the kind of person that expresses those all of the time. Number one, because we live in this outrage culture. Right. But I never did prior to living in this outrage culture, prior to social media, prior to the internet. I didn't because not everybody always agrees with you. And when you get hot button things as part of your conversation, it can really start a problem. It can break up marriages. It can break up friendships. It can break up, you know, you know, anything just because people's viewpoints are totally different and you're right all these people are outraged whether it's just the white people or any people immigrants are outraged non-immigrants are outraged canadians are outraged americans are out okay fine in the grand scheme of things though you have a guy who's done a lot of good for not only his country, but a lot of programs in his country, a guy that even won an award as being considered one of the greatest Canadians years ago, even though he said, yeah, I'm okay, but I wouldn't consider myself great. He was picked as the seventh greatest Canadian back wow. when CBC did the, this whole greatest Canadians program and viewers actually voted to pick that. Like I said earlier, the ratings go up when he's on TV. Now, all of a sudden, these people, you people that liked, <laughs> like Tom Cherry, are uh, instantly backpedaling and trying to distance themselves from his comments when he's made crazy comments for years and years. He's made comments against women. He's made comments against Europeans. He's made comments against Russian. The guy's xenophobic. We know this. Yet he continues to be on TV because guess what? He draws in viewers. He sells advertising. It doesn't matter whether it's him sitting there talking about all of his insight into the game of hockey, which he has a ton. He played the game. He was a coach. You know, he's been around the game of hockey for a million years. Whether it's the things he's saying about that, the things he's saying about the social issues around him, or his crazy freaking suits that he wears and his ties, something's going to tick people off. And it, and it always has. It's just now, all of a sudden, this one thing 
was the it seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back and and, and, and you know, no, it's I a different didn't... regime now because when it was CBC, uh, but now it's CBC and they're partnered with Sportsnet because Sportsnet has the exclusive rights in Canada and then they still give CBC still has the Hockey Night in Canada rights. Well, so, Rogers Media owns all of it anyway. So Right, but I mean, it's so it's like when you have one boss, it's a little bit easier to stay on that boss's good side. But when your boss has a boss who has a boss who has a boss, it gets a lot harder. They were getting so many complaints, they turned off their complaint function. Yeah, they shut it down on the website. They they couldn't take any more complaints. They just said, we're no longer taking complaints about Don Cherry. So that reminds me of the, again, the culture we live in all the time. Like, you know, people post YouTube videos or post, you know, things on Facebook and stuff. And they say things or they post videos of craziness. And then they shut the ability off the comment. Those are always my favorite. When people say a bunch of crazy stuff and then don't allow people to rebut right. because how many times are the vast majority of the comments geared by that prototypical guy that lives in his mom's basement that's going to hide behind his computer screen Right. because there's haters all over the place because like you said, it's this outrage culture and people like to stir up stuff and, and that's what they want. But here's a company that's backed, you know, that's, they were just like, People are complaining. People are complaining. People are complaining. We can't handle these complaints anymore. That's it. We have to do something. Well, and I don't know if it was the, the, the feedback from the website. It might have just been, I mean, all of that. Well, you know, one of the questions was that, that was asked to him in this interview that I listened to, it was kind of funny, it, is they said, so were you fired or did you resign? And he kind of chuckled. He's like, that's a, that's a good question. He's like, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. And he kind of walked it through in his head for, for a minute. Um, it, basically, he said if he would have done what they asked him to do post, you know, in the aftermath of the whole thing, he could have kept his job. What they asked him to do, he wouldn't say. Uh, so in a way, he resigned, sort of. But in reality, he was canned. Asked to step down is what they keep saying. Well, apparently there's more to it because he had a conversation directly with one of the bosses, 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 as, as you mentioned. Would he have gone on Coach's Corner or on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday and clarified anything that he said? Yes. He claims he would have done that um, if it would have been something that was offered by Roger Sportsnet. But they did not give him that opportunity uh, because they didn't feel like that would be enough. And he wasn't willing to go further than that. And that's kind of where he left that conversation right there. So I don't know what else they were asking. I mean, if they're coming out now saying they, he, they just wanted him to resign. <sighs> okay, so he wouldn't go as far as resigning. Well, this is kind of the same thing. If you're not resigning, what are you doing? You're being fired. Okay. Right. Well, how's that any different? Resigning your position so you're not on Coach's Corner anymore, but we're going to use you in some other capacity? I mean, really? What other capacity could they possibly use him in? They're not going to send him down onto the ice to do interviews. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, let's be honest. You're not going to do that. They're not going to send him out to remote locations to do, you know, 
goofy little things. He's not going to be like NBC's version of Jeremy Roenick and go in the crowd and interview like fans and hockey player family members. That would be disastrous. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah. So it's like, okay, did you quit or were you fired? Yes. That's the answer. The answer is yes. Wow. So, you know, one thing, a couple of things I want to say um, is that... Ahead, uh, I feel like I'm talking too much. No, no, you're fine. Um, uh, I was going to say, like, so you mentioned earlier that the ratings go up when he's on, and that's true because, I mean, honestly, I I could be watching the Blackhawks, but if it's a Saturday, I will switch over to Hockey Night in Canada at 6.50. Even if, uh, even if the Blackhawks game is still going on, I'll still just switch over at 6.50, just to make sure I don't miss the beginning of uh, Coach's Corner. Always did that. I mean, I've been doing that for the past 10 years. If the Blackhawks are not playing or they're playing a late game, then I'll just automatically watch whatever the Hockey Night, one of the Hockey Night in Canada matchups are, just to see Don Cherry. I also and, like... And that's what I was going to say. That was going to be my question. And why do you do that? What's the motivation to that? Now, I've liked... I have... I remember back in 89, it's fall of 89, so it's 30 years ago, my aunt and uncle got a satellite dish and they were able to get all the hockey games from everywhere. And my aunt said to me, you have to watch this show called hockey night in Canada. There's this guy, the guy, she called him the guy, right? Like the guy, you got to see this guy, the guy. Right. And so I watched it and I'm just like, this guy is fun. And Don Cherry, this guy is funny. I mean, he's funny. He's yeah, he's he's a little rough around the edges, but he was like not boring. He was interesting and he had great stories to tell. And I mean, he wasn't afraid to call out somebody for their BS and he wasn't, you know, and he was quick to praise, but he was also quick to condemn. And you just like that. That's so interesting because so much of hockey commentary is just boring. Now, I'm not saying. So go and insult the pucks in deep, 110%, right? Right. So uh, give it it all, right? So, um, and then I even remember, like, when I'd show my friends Don Cherry, they'd be like, oh, my God, this guy's hilarious, right? Don is great at, you know, when that player scores their first NHL goal, he'll be like, oh, I'll remember this kid when he was 16 years old playing for Brampton in the OHL and boy, let me tell you, he had a four goal game, right? He has a great memory for stuff. And I'll tell you, um, a couple months ago, I talked with Don Cherry. I interviewed him for an article that I wrote for the Hockey News, which is coming out in the next issue and prospects issue. I actually wrote an article about Connie Madigan, who is the oldest NHL rookie. He made his debut at age 38 with the St. Louis Blues during the 72-73 season. Well, one of Madigan's teammates back in the minors was Don Cherry, but one of his opponents in the minors was also Don Cherry. And when I was talking with Connie Madigan, he's like, oh, yeah, let me give Don a call and he'll, 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 he'll get in touch with you. And like an hour later, Don Cherry calls me. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything I can do to help Connie. He's such a great guy. Right. And so he just had stories to tell. I didn't use them all, but he's just telling me these stories you know, from like when they played against each other in like the 60s and just good, good stuff. Great memories like his his ability at 85 to remember detail 
is astounding. Now, I'm not fact-checking it because I can't go back and say, well, Don, it was actually a four-minute roughing minor and not, and not a five-minute major, right? I, I can't, yeah. I can't call him out it's, on that. It's a story. But, but when he tells you that Connie hit me so hard with his stick that it broke over my arm and I passed the puck and the other guy wouldn't touch the puck because he was afraid that Connie was going to hit him next, that's a great story. Yes. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that Don Cherry brings to the table is being able to tell not only just his own game stories, which are always hilarious. I mean, he was I forgot who it was, but he talked about it was it was some guy that he used to fight with in the minors. And he said, oh, this guy always used to kick my ass, but I got the better of him because he broke his hand on my head. <laughs> I mean, nice. that's that's the stuff that Don Cherry brings to hockey night in Canada and coach's corner is just the memories that he can share of his own career and of like the players that he has been watching for years. And that I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss that a lot because I mean, yeah, a lot of his views were kind of outmoded on, on fighting and on hitting, you know, because with the concussions and stuff like that. And, and I get that. I didn't want to see it end this way, but we don't always get to pick how things end. Sometimes it's just picked for us. And that's unfortunate. It is. And, you know, a lot of the things that he said over the years, I don't agree with at all. Right. And, and, you know, again, politics aside, and I don't like to get into this kind of stuff politically wise and all of that kind of thing, but, you know, you have your opinions on things and I have mine, you know, sometimes you say things that I don't agree with. And I'm sure I say things that you don't agree with, but yet we could still have a conversation and we can still, you know, chat about things and we still have similarities that, you know, kind of gel and we share things in common, just like anybody. And, you know, you're right. His insight into the game and the stories that he has and, and what he brings to the table just for pure entertainment value have, has been, I mean, it's been gold and you know, how much of that out there now is going to be for lack of a better word tainted because we now live in, we live in, the world that, you know, the triggered outrage world. And and I don't want to blame that on the world per se, because he said what he said and it is what it is. Right. But is that going to be his legacy? You know, when Don Cherry's name comes up, people are going to be like, Oh, that's that, that's that angry old racist, xenophobic, misogynistic, whatever add the thing to the end right guy from canada that wore the crazy suits and hates women and hates foreigners and hates the french and you know is that what his legacy is going to be or is this going to pass over like everything else somebody else is going to say something crazy no one's going to remember the don cherry comment and we're going to be left with his legacy of what you brought up the stories he told the entertainment that he brought the joy that he brought to a lot of people just wanting to listen to this crazy old man talk about stuff in hockey that just, you know, how many times you watch him go off on a, you know, tangent about different things and you look at 
the facial expression of Ron McLean sitting next to him. And even he had the eye rolls and the just like, okay, when's he going to be done? Mm -hmm. And and the same thing happened at the end of this one. He did. He kind of like nodded his head and Mm -hmm. did the little thumbs up thing. Right. Not because he agreed with him, just because, okay, that was it. You speak, you spoke your mind like you do every week. All right, moving on. And the fact that he came out afterward and issued his apology and, you know, condemned what he said and all of this kind of stuff, you know, Don said he talked to him and basically just told him he was kind of disappointed in his reaction. He wouldn't expand on that at all or talk about what they discussed. But he said he was disappointed in their reaction. But as far as he's concerned, they're still friends and they'll always be friends. That's good. And I think that's good because, you know, Ron McLean needs his job. And so if that requires towing the company line, just like anybody else who needs needs their job, Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to do. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, the 85-year-old Don Cherry... Obviously doesn't care about his job as much as he cares about his opinion and how he feels. And I don't know if I say that I support him and what he said, does that make me an awful person? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Am I, do I agree that all immigrants don't support their country and stuff like that? No. Do I agree that, you know, women shouldn't be in the locker rooms interviewing players after a game because he said that too. No, I don't agree with that. Do I believe that there shouldn't be any the European players and Russian players shouldn't be allowed to come over here? Do I believe that the French should be ousted from Canada? No, I don't believe any of these things. These are all things that have come up through the years in Don Cherry's crazy diatribes that he goes on. Right. You can like some of the things he says and not everything he says, and that's okay. Yeah. I know what I think he meant. He knows what he thinks he meant. Other people know what he thinks he meant. But then again, other people think he meant what he said. Right. And the problem is it came out the way it came out. And if he would have been given the opportunity to backtrack a little bit and just say everybody should wear one. And clarify that you people meant everybody, every Canadian, hell, every American too, because they were poppies on Veterans Day. Right. So, you know, it's it's not just a Canadian thing. I don't know. We, we Would we be having this conversation if he just stuck with you people and meant everybody? I don't think so. Because, or if he just said everybody. Or if he just said everybody and skipped the you people. But like yeah. I said, you people's come up numerous times because, like you said, you people is his, it, that's his well, go, people, go-to phrase for you whoever. You come here. Yeah. And in so, this case, he added the you come here part, and that's the end of that. So Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm sorry to see him go. I mean, I'm not uh, supporting everything he said. I, I like Don Cherry. I got to tell you, though, sometimes when you go on his political rants, I would just feel like, all right, steer this back to hockey. You know, yeah. steer this back to hockey. And he'd, like, and he'd be like, oh, I want to spin. And Ron would say, oh, no, we're, we're, we're running tight on time. We can't talk about P.K. Subban now. It's like, oh, OK. And I'd be like, well, I, I'd rather you would have talked about P.K. Subban instead of going on a, 
you know, 45 second rant about whatever. Nobody needs to talk about PK. He does enough talking about himself. Right. Which is so why we watch his YouTube channel. We're just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hockey news, um, you know, who I freelance write for. So I don't really have any input on their editorial. I just, you know, pitch articles and they either say, okay, or no way. But, um, they've been really been really, really, really been writing a lot about Don Cherry, like these past couple of days. Yeah. And you know, that's fine. It's the, it's the hockey news and they're going to write about the big news in hockey. And this has been, I mean, this has been such a big deal that it's even, it's even gotten like the attention of like a mainstream American media. You watch some of that interview with, uh, that uh, Tucker Tucker Carlson, I can't even say his name without wanting to say another word that rhymes with Tucker. Tucker Carlson interviewed Don Cherry. Yeah. Um, And again, going back to the whole political thing, I'm not, as I've expressed before, I'm not a fan of mass media by any means. And... You know, I don't like Fox News. I don't like MSNBC. I don't like CNN. I don't like any of them. I'm an equal opportunity hater when it comes to them. Um, so in typical Tucker Carlson fashion, he kind of turned this into, uh, well, you know, the the you people you're speaking of, they're all a bunch of fascists anyway. And that's basically when I started laughing and turned the interview off because, <laughs> like, come on so. now. You're basically taking something that, you didn't know anything about until one of your writers on your show five minutes ago handed you this thing that said, we're going to get Don Cherry. And you were probably like, who? Don Cherry? Oh, I liked him in Iron Man. No, that's Don Cheadle, not John Cherry. So, <laughs> you know, it was probably one of those kind of things and he had no clue and he just heard the little clip and has probably no reference to it. And, you know, Don went about his business being Don and a lot of the same answers that he was giving from what I stomached up to that point were the ones that I heard him already do on the radio. He's not backpedaling, you know, as the day goes on and the more interviews he does, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people get into those positions where they get interviewed over and over and over and over and over again about the same thing. And eventually the story starts to change a little bit because for, I mean, for whatever reason, you're probably bored with your own story at that point. You start to adjust it. And then that's the worst thing you can do with the media because someone will instantly jump at, well, what do you really mean? Do you really mean this? Or do you mean what you said then? Or do you mean what you said first or, you know, this or that? And they'll turn it into some, other crazy things. So I was glad to hear he was at least sticking with, you know, his original stance and, you know, basically saying, Hey, if I was given the opportunity to, you know, say what or clarify, I would have, but I wasn't. So I'm fired and life goes on. So, but so, yeah, I couldn't stomach, stomach listening to that guy. Oh, they're all those immigrants are fascists anyway. Is that what he said? <laughs> Basically, what uh, Tucker Carlson said. Yeah, he said because yeah. he said the you people you're referring to. Well, they're just a bunch of fascists that are trying to further the their own agenda or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, paraf- yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but it was so crazy I laughed and shut it off. <laughs> well, that's Fox News for you. So let me ask uh, as we close this uh, episode out because we're already getting a little long in the tooth. What would you prefer? Don Cherry's gone. 
do they replace him with somebody else? And if if they do, who? Or do they just get rid of uh, Coach's Corner altogether? What would you prefer? Honestly, I don't know that you you can replace him because the air about Coach's Corner was his very essence. Yeah. It was, hey, the crazy old guy that knows everything about hockey has an opinion. Let's hear what his opinion is. You even said it yourself. You don't agree with anything he said here. You thought he was a blathering idiot when he said this, but at the same time, all through the years, you would turn in specifically just to hear him say crazy this. And that's that that's him. That's the entertainment value. Who can replace him? Brian Burke is the only person I can think of that speaks his mind. I don't want in that. hockey. Uh, probably a lot of people wouldn't, but I don't find him that interesting. Brian Burke's the kind of guy that just says what's on his mind. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He just basically lays it all out there. He is a, I don't want to say he's not an analyst for the NHL network, but he's considered one of the insiders and he does a regular interview on Friday on NHL radio. Yeah. Um, very candid about everything all the time. And he gives his opinion, even if it's not a popular one. And even if it ticks a bunch of people off, he doesn't care. That's the kind of attitude that Don Cherry has. So as far as a hockey personality of anyone that I can think of right now, he'd be the only one that comes to mind. Right. Ten years ago, I would have liked Mike Milbury for the job. Why? Because you wanted to see him beat Ron McClain with his own shoe? No, you'd have to replace McClain also. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have you'd have to have a, a different handler, if you will. Yeah, yeah I, but who's going to handle who's going to handle him for real? I don't know, somebody younger who could. But uh, he's all, he's already shown that he can't. He doesn't get along with Jr. on NBC, and when the two of them no, are putting, that's just that's just an act. You think that's an act? I don't I, know. That's what Ronick said in his book. In his yeah, segment. well, maybe, maybe he thinks they're friends, but I don't think. Mike does you know I, I always watch NHL tonight and I'll, I'll watch because we don't get a lot of games in our area if the Blackhawks are on then pretty much all things hockey are preempted at least in our area I don't have the center ice package you know I'll watch what I can online and if there's not a game on NHL network or one on NBC then I'll, I'll turn on NHL tonight and honestly like from a commentator standpoint I like Mike Rupp. I think he does a great job. I think he offers great insight to the game. And I think he does an excellent job of adding, you know, extra. But he's in the he's in there, you know, being an analyst in the studio. I love I love Weeksy. Kevin Weeks, he's great. Oh, he's great. I think he's great. I thought that, I think the two of them together would be like a perfect combo of guys to do announcing on games. I even tweeted something out a week or so ago when after listening to the Boston Bruins Homer announcers, they were ridiculous during their games. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, guys like that, I don't know. You would have to change that whole dynamic. It couldn't be Coach's Corner anymore. I and mean, it you, doesn't have to be. So you'd have to, you'd have to do something else. And if you called it something else to try to take away from, hey, well, this isn't related to Don Cherry, it's something else. But yet it's also the same thing. You still have to get that opinionated person with, you know, if you got the Laurel, you have to have the Hardy. 
you know right if you if you have the the you know the the yin you need the yang yeah there there's got to be that was kind of the dynamic is there's this offset you got this guy who says what he wants and then you got this other guy who tries to maintain everything on a <laughs> on a level of seriousness and they feed off of each other so you'd have to find a combination that was that would work like that i i don't i don't know what you could do i really don't i think it's time to start something new you know just let it go get rid of the coach's corner and just go with a new idea because coach's corner was really don cherry's thing i think that like a lot of the problems with traditions is like people are like oh we always did it this way it's tradition right but sometimes you want to start a new tradition i mean there was a time before coach's corner just like there was a time before the shootout right now we have shootouts right and kids these days will only know the shootout because that's what they grew up watching and you and i remember five minute five on five overtimes that led to ties right and then you know before that you had 10 minute non-sudden death overtimes and before that you had games just ending in ties i mean the nhl has changed its rules again and again i mean goalie creases used to be bigger all these things change over time you know so it's okay to have some traditions and it's okay to let some things go and i I think they could let this one go I'd, i'd be okay with that you know Put something new in that time slot. They used to do something called the hot stove. Now I guess it's their NHL headlines where they sit around uh, the second period and they talk about stuff. I, I like that too. I actually tune in for that. I like that gossipy kind of stuff. I would be totally down with that for a first intermission feature. You know, I just thought of something. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of him either, but another person that's somewhat opinionated and might be able to add that little bit of an edge. And I, I hate to even say his name out loud because he might materialize, but Barry Melrose. I know he's been doing stuff for ESPN as one of the only two hockey people on the entire network, but that might be interesting. Yeah, pair him know, with somebody? Melrose, yeah. You know, Melrose wouldn't be... Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I didn't think of that answer. That, that's pretty good. Uh, I like Melrose. I could actually see him fitting in that role. I mean, he was a coach for a while, and he knows his stuff, and he's well-spoken, and he's opinionated, but not, like, offensive, and and I guess that's okay. (laughs) If only we could get rid of Pierre Maguire. Yeah, well, that's... uh, Just his face is offensive. (laughs) Why people got to be hating on Pierre? Uh, I have my reasons. Many, um, many reasons. It's kind of like the Captain Obvious of the NHL, right? You know, you your ever comment, seen those Captain Obvious commercials? Yeah. So he's kind you're, of like the Captain Obvious of, you know, Sid, your team is down two games to one in this series. What do you got to do differently in game four, right? <laughs> it's just like, oh, we got yeah. to score uh, more goals than the score other Score more guys. goals. Yeah. His, 110% pucks on well, net. One of the things you said about, about Don talking about you know, he remembers, you know, this guy and that guy and coming up through juniors and everything else. And that I wonder if that's where Pierre stole that from, that whole gig, because he does that all the time. I mean, he'll pick a player and, you know, if they do something, he'll say, oh, you know, from oh, Thunder that's... Bay, Ontario, went to here and did this and did that. Are you reading off a teleprompter or do you really know this stuff? 
but he doesn't do it. He doesn't even do it that interestingly, you know, like, like he'll just say, Oh, he went to Shattuck St. Mary's. It's like, yeah, no shit. We all know where Sidney Crosby went to prep school. Right. You know, like I'll tell you, Emmerich, Doc Emmerich, he always cut like what he does is he'll list out all the players on both teams, all the players, all the coaches, and he'll try to come up with a fact or tidbit about each one of them. And he writes it down on a piece of paper and he doesn't use all of them, but he always wants to have something interesting to say. If this player comes into view, the camera stops on this player for a minute. They have a little time to kill. He can, he can bring that up. So he does, I mean, he does his homework, but just to say, Oh yeah, so-and-so played junior at whatever. It's just like, and. And I I heard an interview that, that doc did a while back about, you know, coming up through the ranks of, you know, honing his skills you know, as he went through his career and he talked about that, how he, he has a routine of, you know, finding out this information about everybody and everything else. And he's not being fed a lot of that stuff. It's him doing his own research and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I always give him some props for, for that kind of thing. Um, What about Darren Pang? Darren Pang would be good. Oh no, there's not enough phone books for him to sit on. Never mind. (laughs) I love Pang. I can't ever just Pang. I think we could just keep brainstorming, you know, people who could be replacements in that slot. But I think we should just end it here. Like, just let just end it before we say something incriminating and or offensive. Yeah, my opinions don't express the opinions of this company or this corporation. Or wait a minute, I'm not getting paid. Never mind. Well, neither am I. So, but all right, everyone, thank you for listening puck jump podcast we're now on itunes so please subscribe if you really like this show consider buying a t-shirt over at shop.puckjunk.com and until next week thank you for listening for more hockey goodness follow us on twitter at puck junk <laughs>